0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for The Last Christian Podcast. We're so blessed to have you join us. It's time again to join Brother J.D. Williams in seeking the hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, chasing away the worries of the world and replacing them with the blessed hope, where in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Brother J.D. Williams insists there must be a final person or last Christian to accept Christ before the sound of the trumpet. Will it happen today? Here now, Brother J.D. Williams. Well,
1: good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Last Christian Podcast. And my name is J.D. Williams. I am the CEO of It, the parent company of the Last Christian Podcast and radio show. And tonight I have the honor to introduce to you Mr. Norman Smith, and he is going to be telling us tonight about his podcast, which is entitled Run With Horses, and I am privileged to tell you that he is also going to be introducing his brand new radio show on Revelation Radio. And first of all, welcome, Norman. Welcome to the program. I'm, I'm happy to have you tonight.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You bet. Uh, now, we have spoken before. Uh, I always try to be uh, completely open and honest with my audience. So I know a little bit about Norman, but there, there are some things that, that I really want to point out. And first of all, uh, if you would be kind enough just tell us a little bit about your background and where you're located i think that is going to be extremely interesting to my audience
2: okay so i am from alabama and my wife and i met in iowa she's from wisconsin so people ask us where we're from and we really have a difficult time even answering that from uh, the standpoint of america but we have been now (laughs) missionaries in japan for the last 20 years
1: wow that is so, incredible.
2: It's made it much more difficult to answer the question, where are you from? We've now lived <laughs> in Japan longer than I lived in Alabama, so <laughs> I haven't lost all of my accent, but a lot of it.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I think it's incredible. Uh, 20 years of service in, in Japan is as an, as a true missionary for Christ is, is, is just incredible, and you're to be commended for that. Uh, now, I know... Uh, that One of the very first questions that I asked you uh, was, where in the world did you come up with a title of Run With Horses for either your podcast or your new radio show? Where'd that come from?
2: Yeah, it's actually from Jeremiah 12.5. And God is challenging Jeremiah and says, if you have raced with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? Right. And in... In life, it seems often as Christians, we're exhausted by just little things of life. We're exhausted by just the daily struggle to survive and, and get along with our neighbors and in a relationship with our wife and our children and all those little things. So it seems like we have trouble rising to the level of spiritual maturity that we really should be striving for. It's kind of similar to the idea that Paul had where he challenged Um, the believers that, you know, you should be eating meat now, but I'm still having to bottle feed you. (laughs) I'm still having to give you milk. It's the same idea. I think uh, we should be challenging ourselves and desiring uh, a greater level of spiritual growth and maturity to follow Jesus closer. So that idea that, uh, you know, if we run with people and just the the daily thing that everyone's doing is exhausting is how are we going to compete at the level that we could be? We have greater potential than we achieve. So, i kind of thinking of um, Run With Horses, maybe subtitled Pursuing God in a Broken World. You know, our goal is to pursue Christ-likeness with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. which is a lot more energy and effort than we typically put into. So my goal in the podcast, the radio show, is to encourage people in their, in their spiritual walk to, to not just, not to bring God into your life, but to make God the center and to live life around God. And that's he should be at the center of your marriage, yeah. and your relationship flows yeah. from that. Uh, your yeah. work really should flow from your relationship with God. You don't try to fit him in, but you fit your work in to your relationship with God. And I think my, my heart, my goal is to, to be a disciple maker, to encourage people to really be disciples of Jesus with, with everything that they have.
1: Well, you know, I think that's a, a great starting point here because uh, I know a little bit about your, about your, your back story. And I'm going to let you go into that again and uh, just kind of bring, up, uh, bring everybody up to speed on that background. How you got to the point of becoming a missionary and then taking that big jump to go uh, over to Japan.
2: Sure. I, I grew up in Alabama from a family that was uh, way out in the boonies. I mean, 45 minutes from a grocery store. So we grew our own vegetables. Yep. (laughs) Grew all our own vegetables, had chickens, pigs, all the whole nine yards. Um, So when I started looking at college, one of the things that appealed to me was working with plants, working with uh, either gardening or something like that. I ended up in ornamental horticulture. Okay. And I went to Mississippi State University. So while I was there, I continued to go back to my mom and dad's for weekends, so I continued in the same church, and I grew up in a, a really solid church. They really preached the gospel. They really weren't really strong on discipling people, and that's okay. really what I was missing. I, I was saved, uh, I understood the gospel, but I really felt like at the time that if I went to church and I was willing to serve a little bit on Sundays, maybe help with a Sunday school, or uh, you know, if I tithed and I, I read my Bible a couple times during the week, that I was doing really good. <laughs> and I really felt like that was the pinnacle of the Christian life. Uh, Then I finished my undergraduate and started working on a master's in uh, plant taxonomy, actually. Went over to botany. But I started, because of my research, staying in Mississippi. And I was in Starkville. And there was a church there that um, they were really strong on their small groups. Uh, They really were strong on encouraging people to actually live out Scripture. So you read it, not to check it off and say, hey, I've read the Bible today. But you read it to, to know God. He is the center of god's word he is it's his word you know him through that and then our expectation is that we would take what he had to say and examine our own life and we would change our life to line up with scripture so i started reading the bible differently and starting asking the question how am i doing how am i really doing and on mm-hmm. thursday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning am i really still living the life of a christian or am i kind of holding off until sunday to, to go to church so i got started at that point in time um but I I really was still still learning and growing. And there was a man in the church there that, that began to disciple me, and that was the first time I'd been discipled where somebody really asked me hard questions. You know, mm-hmm. how are you doing in this area? How are you doing in this area? You know, how can I... And ask me seriously, how can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? I want to see you walk the walk. Right.
1: yeah, okay.
2: So I graduated and went to Iowa State to begin working on a PhD in ornamental horticulture. And it was interesting how God brought two men in the church in Mississippi and the church in Iowa who had drastically different careers. One of them was a nuclear physicist in Mississippi. The other one was a lawyer in Iowa, but both of them have said almost word for word the same thing. I am what I am today, this career, this job, because this is what God has has led me to be. I am his man here. There you go. I am, my goal is to be a disciple in this career, in this life, and all that I have. And both of them encouraged me, Uh, did what they could to disciple me. I was probably a hard-headed student, but they worked with me (laughs) to, um, and said the same thing. Understand, read God's word, not to memorize it, not to make a check off a list. Read it to to know God. Read it to know who Jesus is. Read it to follow him. Read it to examine your life and Mm -hmm. really compare it to that of Jesus and make changes. Don't just read and go, well, that's interesting, but how do I need to be different? So one of the things that the lawyer in in Ames, Iowa told me is that when you look to the future, to your career, to your next job, one of the questions you need to ask is, is there a church here? If you're offered a job and it's going to make $150,000 a year, great job. Before you even consider the job, you need to go to that town and say, is there a church here that I'm comfortable being part of that? I feel like God has called me to this church to serve Mm -hmm. because. If not, the only other option is that God called you to start one, or that, that job is not for you. It's not your job. This, this is the church age. God is working in and through the church. You're supposed to be part of one, or you're supposed to start one. Those are the only two options. Yeah. Uh, and boy, that was that was powerful. I mean, they really challenged me to live the life of a believer every day, and it was through that that I really developed uh, the reading habits, the the habits of really pursuing Christ myself, and then... The next step for me was the testimony of a man. Uh, his name was Mahmood. He was Muslim originally and when he was in uh, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he shared his testimony at church one night. He had gotten saved and had been in our church for I think 30 years at this point in time. He was uh, probably pushing 60 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, when, when I was growing up, when I was at uh, uh, high school and college, I was looking for God. I knew that what I had been taught in the Muslim faith was not true. He okay. so I knew that from the bottom of my heart, and I was looking for God. But in that time, in 10 years, that he, he said, I actively searched for God. I didn't meet a Christian. I didn't see a Bible. I never heard the gospel in that time. Okay. It was not until God brought him to another country and ultimately to the United States before he heard the gospel. His first night in the States, he was staying in a hotel, and he saw a Gideon's Bible. And he started reading it and he asked the hotel, hey, could I, could I have this? This seems like something I'd like to look at more. They gave it to him. He ended up in his uh, dorm. His roommate was a Christian. So it's just, it's uh, awesome how God works all these right. things together to bring him to a Bible and then brings him a roommate who saw him reading his Bible and said, much like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? He said, Well, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) So this roommate sat down and shared the gospel with him, shared with him the big story of the Bible, man getting saved. So here he is about 30 years later, 20 years later, sharing the gospel or sharing his testimony with our church. And I'm listening at the end of his testimony. He says, if you believe that this is true, that the Bible is God's word, that God is the creator, that he is who he says he is, that Jesus is who he says he is. He did rise from the dead and there is no other way except through him. Why are you here? And man, that that question just that really hit me. Uh, He went on to say, why are you here if if this is true? And everybody in the world needs to hear this message. Why are you here in Ames, Iowa, when anybody in this town who wants to hear the gospel could hear it today? In the next five minutes, they could find a Christian if they wanted to. Uh, They can find it online. There are Christian bookstores. There are churches on every corner. Why are you here? Why are you not in the places where the gospel is not? Why are people like you not in places like I came from? Um, And I couldn't answer that for anybody else. But and I, I couldn't even answer it for myself, and that was the problem. I, I sat there and I went home, and I had uh, my wife now was my girlfriend at the time. We were uh, talking, and said, "I can't. I don't know if God called me. Would I go?" And I, I really struggled because I couldn't answer that. So I went the next week to my professor at Iowa State. Uh, and I was working a PhD and I was his first PhD professor. So he didn't want to hear this, but I went in and said, I'm going to take a year off because I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> and until I can answer that, I, I want to be able to say like that lawyer, like that nuclear physicist, I'm I'm going to be a PhD candidate for God. This is mm-hmm. where he wants me. If I can't say that, then I don't want to be here. Okay. So I quit. I didn't quit. I, I took a break and I went to uh, Faith Baptist Bible College and Theological Seminary. So I went to the seminary. And the first month there, God just confirmed in every way I was, that was the right path. So I went back to my professor and said, yeah, I, I'm not taking a break. I'm done. I'm not coming back to Iowa State. <laughs> and, and then I, I went on and finished seminary. And in that process, as we we're my wife and I were, um, she had gone to Bible college there, had graduated. And as we were examining our lives, saying, where does God want us? What do we need to do? It, it was really quick for me to say, you know, I am. I'm confident that God wants us to be in full-time ministry and overseas. I don't know where, but we began to look then at those questions of where does God want us to be? And one of the things that God had put on my heart is I'm not a real smart guy. I don't have a lot of talents and abilities, but I'm stubborn. (laughs) And I wanted to go somewhere. I really felt God calling me to go somewhere that was difficult, that, that missionaries were not going and they weren't staying. Okay. And as we found out more about Japan, we realized that Japan was called the missionary graveyard. Oh. So many missionaries have come to Japan, and they're only here for five years or 10 years, and then they leave. They don't stay for a lifetime. And Japan is still one of those countries where the longer you're here, as you, as you get older, they do respect the elderly. You have a greater say. Okay. People listen. So it takes that lifetime, and it's very slow to get started. You're not going to do anything in five years. I mean, it's a, in five years, we had one person that we met in our first five years ultimately did get saved, but not in our first five years. Oh. <laughs> so it was it, it's a very long process. Mm. Um, mm. So God really confirmed in our life that that's the kind of place that he wanted us to be. And through different um, situations and scenarios, different people that we met, we had people confirm as they talked to me and my wife that, yeah, your personalities would do well in an Asian context. Okay. Uh, early on, before asking, some people that had been missionaries before and had, had traveled around quite a bit said, yeah, in, in an Asian context, your personalities would work well. So that was confirmation we're looking in the right direction. We really narrowed it down to three countries when we first started. Uh, Mongolia was one of them. We said if, if North Korea opened up, we would go to North Korea. Wow, Uh, and then Japan was one of those, and we ended up. We've been in Japan now for for twenty years, and quite happily.
1: Well, that's uh, incredible, and you are coming up on a. uh, You call it a furlough. Um, Most people would call it a vacation, but then again, uh, in your situation, (laughs) it really is a furlough because it's like a year. Take a year off, but. you were explaining to me the other night that that year off isn't really a year off at all, is it?
2: Yeah, there's there's no vacation at all involved in our, our furlough, and it's, it's seven months for us. And what it will be is I think there are 30 Sundays we'll be in the States, and we have 34 churches to visit. Actually, I think we've counted we have 36 <laughs> churches to visit uh, in 30 Sundays. One of those Sundays is Christmas. Of course, we won't be anywhere then. Right. Uh, we'll be in... Alabama, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Kansas, Missouri. Um, yeah, there's not any vacation in our, our trip. We, we often, we've gone to the States for a short fertile like that and, and about three quarters of the way through, we're going, I can't wait to go back to Japan. Yeah, it's easier, yeah, right,
1: right. Uh, well, no, I did want to I, I put up here, uh, while I have an opportunity, let me go ahead and switch this over. Um, the uh, Run With Horses uh, radio show will be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday evening. Now, that's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time here in the United States. And then uh, we were talking the other night, and I said, you know, I'd really like to put it on also for people over there in Japan. When would it be a really good time? And uh, we kind of struggled back and forth with it. And uh, because he's ahead of me, Uh, I wasn't even going to try to calculate time. But anyway, we got this worked out. And so it's uh, in Japan. This is going to be on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Now, I'm putting that on at 5 o'clock Central Time, USA time. And I I think that you said that that translates into about uh, 7 p.m. in Japan. Is that correct?
2: that that should work out that way
1: okay but so we
2: don't have daylight savings so it'll change excuse me. throughout the year but
1: yeah well that was another thing you know i i asked about that too and uh, you're lucky because i actually absolutely detest uh switching back but you know lose an hour gain an hour lose of just pick one i don't care which one just pick one and we're good uh, mm-hmm. now you also uh again now that uh radio program uh it coincides with your uh run with horses podcast and you also explained to me that there were really three shows in one so i'm going to let you kind of break that down because you also you do have that podcast Is, is that also broadcast on those same days monday wednesday and friday
2: monday wednesday and friday the time it comes out is a little bit different but it does come out monday wednesday friday okay um I would say the the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, each day is a different different category. So Monday is the main one where it's just me. And I typically have a quote of the day, something I'm reading or something I have read that I thought was worth sharing with other people. Uh, Usually a a short comment on something in the news or culture that I I felt was uh, important to talk about. I wanted to share how it related to the life of a disciple. Uh, My daughter is a singer-songwriter, so... Often I'll share one of her songs. Sometimes I'll have her on and and share the meaning. uh, Why did she write this song? So she's Mm -hmm. a a Christian singer-songwriter throughout the the coronavirus era. She's written, I think, about 100 songs. (laughs) (laughs) So she's been really active here while she's been stuck at home. Um, And then the last section is, I call it living theology. But just thinking about uh, theology in light of practical Christian living, I know when I first started studying theology in seminary, it can be very dry (laughs) and it can be, it it can be presented in a way where you go, this does not seem relevant at all to the Christian life. And I thought that's, that's a shame because really Mm. theology is the basis of the Christian life Mm. and it should be exciting and it should be that hey, we live our lives based on this truth. So I've really shared different truths from God's word, theology, doctrine, Okay. And make it practical, make it alive, living. That's the goal.
1: Well, um, and, you know, it just so that's seems to, Monday. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me like you know you've you've got a good mix of things that that's really good. But but you say now that's just yeah. Monday,
2: right? That's just Monday. Yeah, the Wednesday um, we're we're actually changing our order starting this week on the podcast, and so it'll be this order for the radio show. Okay, uh, Wednesday is going to be our marriage edition, okay. and so Susan and I are actually in the middle of writing a book called marriage A to Z. Mm. And right now the podcast is going through different letters. Some of them will end up in the book. Some of them probably won't. Uh, for an example, last week we talked about, um, maybe it's this week, we're talking about quilting, quilting a marriage and the, the illustration of quilting and how it relates to a marriage. You know, there's different pieces. Right. Uh, you have a patchwork quilt and, when you put together a marriage when you have this new new unity the new whole one quilt it's made up of patches of my family my background patches of my wife's family and her background and our experiences but the thread that ties it all together as a Christian is the holy spirit as god has united us into one it's making right. this quilt so we use that illustration of a quilt and think about different issues with marriage so we have different letters throughout uh, the last several months we've been working with and we'll keep on with that idea of uh, marriage, but we'll eventually finish up the book, hopefully. <laughs> um, so Wednesdays focused on marriage. And then Friday, uh, we're going to shift that a little bit from what we have been doing. And it's going to be family Fridays. Um, and my, two of my, my older kids I have three children. The two oldest ones will join us on Fridays. And uh, we're talking, anything is open, really but i wanted to bring in they have some really good ideas they've been really maturing and growing they're both now in college and this this week we recorded an episode Think about karate our kids just received their black belt in karate okay. and they're talking about lessons that they have learned through karate i know both of them have gained in confidence um, and just their ability to enter new situations without fear uh, and i and my son talks about how karate was part of that, but then his spiritual growth is keeping pace with that as well, where his, as he's learning in the Bible that we're to trust God and not to fear, not to be anxious, and then karate has given him this practical place to practice that. It's not that he learned it from karate. It's that karate gave him the place to apply what he was learning spiritually. So we have things like that that we'll talk about on Fridays and have the kids there. We may eventually have some uh, other interviews that we would put in on Wednesday or Friday. But uh, yeah, we're excited about the the process has been really good for us. Me and my wife, as we're talking on Wednesdays, we're learning about each other and, and really enjoying talking to each other, really enjoying talking to the kids on Friday. So hopefully it'd be something that other people will enjoy and learn from as well.
1: Well, you know, um, we had talked previously and you had mentioned a um, podcast and I don't think it's the one that I had listened to before. I'd, I'd listened to a couple of them before, but I don't think it was was one of those. And this one was about homeschooling. And I found that incredibly interesting. And uh, I can tell you, uh, we have uh, custody of our two of our grandchildren. And we received that custody the Sunday before... They shut everything down the following Monday morning for COVID. I mean, it was that that quick. Okay, we get them Sunday. Mm -hmm. The shutdown. I mean, they shut the country down the following day, and we're saying, okay, well, um, when does school start? I mean, you know, uh, when when I mean they, they were on spring break. It just happened to be, you know, this was the week of spring break, and so we're saying, okay, well, we already knew we were going to have to go and figure out, you know, what how to get them in schools and all that kind of stuff. But when does school start? And the next thing we find out is we're we're school. <laughs> okay, now now you you um, you went through that. And you know, I I listened to the podcast that you did, and your kids were real. They were wide open about it. You know what they liked, what they didn't like. Your your wife Mm -hmm. explained how she went through, uh, you know, how the the preparation of the courses. Uh, They said, you know, okay, this is this is the worst teacher we've ever had. Not from a bad perspective, but because she's tough, you know. She's tough. She's, you know. Yeah. Um, they they were talking about break times, the non existence of break times, and and that they and then they talked about how easy it was for them when they got to college. They said, "Is this it? Is this it?" You know. Yeah. So you know that's somebody that did it right. Now, um, if I I would never put this out for pub, for anybody in the public to see. But when we had the kids, and we were doing this homeschool thing, Anita had the primary responsibility. My wife had the primary responsibility for it, and I have a picture of her pulling, literally pulling, (laughs) literally pulling her hair out. So um, uh, how you did it, I don't know, but, but you know, that, that's just tremendous. But obviously you, uh, she, she did speak about inheriting some, or, or I guess inheriting is the wrong word to use, but having some material that had been done previously by others to refer to and build on. And uh, we didn't have that, I can trust Be sure and join us next week for the second half of this interview with Norman Smith. And also, don't forget to tune in to www.revelationradio.net every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for Norman's new series, Run With Horses. That's 7 p.m. Central Time on Revelation Radio.
0: Thank you for joining us today for The Last Christian Podcast. And please be sure to tune in every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for an all new edition of this prophetic series as we continue the search for the last christian and remember the last christian radio show with hosts jd williams and tl farley is now available on evangelism radio and revelation radio both broadcasting to all 50 states and more than 160 countries around the world for more information or broadcast times in your area please visit www.lastchristian.net or www.revelationradio.net. Until next week, or until the trumpet sounds, may God bless you.